All right, on today's podcast, we'll speak with Zach Evangelisti, who's a graduate architect at Clopper and Davis Architects. How are we, mate? I'm doing very well. Thanks for coming in today. Is this the first time you've ever done a bit of a podcast? Uh, yep, I haven't heard my own voice before, so this is the first, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't wait to, I can't wait to edit, edit all the audio and for you to go, wow, do I really sound like that? Yeah, maybe I don't want to listen to this <laughs> after, we'll see what happens. They're really keen to, I guess, hear about your journey since uh, you graduated from UWA. So, yeah, I'll tell our listeners what you've been up to since you graduated so even before i graduated my master's degree i made a shift to uh, melbourne purely because i was offered a job over there and i thought it was a really great opportunity i was the kind of guy growing up that i didn't drop any opportunity unless i really had to because i thought you know if given that opportunity then you take it and if you don't then i'd probably regret it yeah. all too much so it took me about two weeks to pack my boxes jump on a plane and start a fresh new life over there. Didn't have too much family, so uh, it was a little bit scary. But um, I did go and study at the University of Melbourne through that cross-institutional study program. Awesome. Um, and it was great. It was a very seamless kind of pathway into that university. Their facilities are great as well. It wasn't very hard to make friends over there. Their culture is fantastic. But the work, uh, the work vibe is very different. It's very fast-paced. But the experience I got was invaluable. How different is the, I guess, the workplace compared from Melbourne to Perth? Is it a lot more laid back here, or I would say definitely laid back. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the whole beach lifestyle, uh, yeah, surf and turf. It's bizarre. Um, yes, yeah, as I said, it's very fast paced, and everyone gets locked down between the hours of eight thirty a.m. and five thirty. You know, we, you know, we do some late hours, but. Sometimes you learn the hard way, and there is a very strong work culture over there as well. But uh, I can't say I didn't love it. I mean, I really did. It was a tough two years that I was over there, yeah. but I came back kicking a few goals here. So, do you think too many people don't take those opportunities when given to them? Uh, I, I mean, to be honest, maybe yes. I think uh, some people might leave things to the last minute or take it probably too easy. Yeah. I personally believe that um, you should go hard or go home pretty early, uh, especially in your first couple of years during you know, university or just out of university. Yep. I've always gone by, you know, stick your foot through the door as fast as or early as you can because it will line something good up once you do graduate or further down that track. So. Were, were you like that as an undergrad? Like, for, I mean, semester is about to start here at UWA and, you know, O-Week, everyone's going to be recruiting people for their clubs and stuff. Like, yeah. were you like that as a student, signing up for every club and taking every opportunity when it uh, came? Yeah, I was pretty kind. Oh, yeah, very keen. Um, I mean, I tried out committees. Uh, I, you know, I did a program called uh, SONAR, which is a little institution for run um, young kind of undergraduates okay. to get involved in the community and architecture. Beautiful. Um, to set up events and promote uh, the industry a little bit. But I, I did put myself out there pretty early in terms of getting some work experience. Um, I didn't kind of want to leave it to the last minute because... So how early? How early did you... Uh, my first year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's unheard of. <laughs> yeah, I, sp I suppose it would be. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to say, but it's, it's all about who you know at times in, in workplace. I guess that works overall yeah. in any career in. Yep. Um, and I had the, um, the pleasure of meeting a lot of senior architects through some family, through some family friends uh, who were willing to give me the opportunity to work in the office and just experience the culture, see what the work's like. Do I really want to do this? And, you know, I won't fail to admit that I did question whether I wanted to do architecture. I think it hits everyone pretty hard. 
quite early. Yeah. University life can be quite different to practice because it's it's the real world. Yeah. Um, and it can be very black and white, but you've just got to be optimistic and stick it out. It's interesting you say that because I was all, I was going to ask you like why study architecture and ever question your career choice. So clearly you did question it potentially early on with all that experience and exposure early on. But yeah, why architecture? Well, I wanted to do architecture since I was a little whippersnapper. Like when I was very young, I was playing with Meccano and Lego and you know drawing stick figures and houses with pitched roofs, very primitive stuff. <laughs> uh, I you know grew to love a little program called SketchUp very early on, and I was designing houses for my relatives who you know they would always say, "Oh, you can design my house when you're older." I took that opportunity straight away. Love it. Can't say it's ever happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> I do lie. I did a Reno for an uncle, but uh, it wasn't. It Have wasn't. Have you, has any of your family built houses and you've been like, hey, come yeah, on, where's yeah. the love? I, I completed a, an extension on a, my uncle's place in City Beach last year and that was kind of on and off when I was in Melbourne, but I guess it did come through. I didn't yeah. tell it back. It did come through. Well, he came through anyway. See, so all um, that Lego building pays it off? It paid, paid off. off. It paid off, definitely. But you're dealing with other people's money. It's easy for us to spend their money, but uh, budget becomes a massive thing. <laughs> So, I mean, you, you've talked about that, you, you know, your love of architecture and where it all came from. I mean, when you did your undergrad here at UWA, I mean, you, you've touched on in a bit of your bio how, you know, professors have played a bit of a pivotal role in, in your learning. Like, what impact did they have on, your, I guess, your student experience? As I said, I think I wrote up, I mean, Geoffrey London was a pretty big figure during my study yeah. at university. And I think he's taught me just before I moved to Melbourne. Well, he effectively helped me out quite a bit getting a job over there. And what he taught me was kind of the reality of architecture and serving the people of, you know, today's, today's day, the demographics, kind of designing something that feeds into what people currently want in today's, you know. yeah. And a lot of that came down to affordability and high density. So keeping those people in a city rather than sprawling outwards, which is, you know, a current issue we're, yeah. we're facing. I think... We do learn about the very nitty-gritty stuff early on, the design process, how to think of you know themes, the ideas, mm. um, but that was definitely a turnaround in the teaching process anyway. Uh, he made it real life, and I felt like what I did learn from him, I applied to practice pretty early on, definitely. Right, so you're talking about you know, real, real life well, practice in the workplace. Technology is such a big thing, part of uh, our culture these days, and I mean, your line of work, technology is just completely change yep. the industry hmm. how much has it impacted on your work personally and i guess as an industry as a whole well technology i find even at university level you kind of grow with it yeah. uh, we use technology as best as we can not so much that it takes over how we design and how we create things um, we've got to be aware that you know I don't feel like robots are going to take over architecture. Sure. They don't have, I feel like they don't have the creative minds that we do. Yeah. Um, and we are very honest and we put our own emotions and, you know, all into this bundle of stuff and to create this three-dimensional space. I don't feel like you can replicate that yeah. or imitate it. So we work hand in hand with whatever software we're using um, and it's been pretty effective to this day. What I do think is... W Further down the track, it would become more and more efficient. So we could probably smash out work in half the time. And we're finding that now. Yeah. Really, yeah. Have you been using like 3D printing often? 
in your line of work? We did in Victoria. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's big there and it's big in Sydney. Uh, so let's say if you wanted to do a proposal for a skyscraper, you would need to create a model to scale and yeah. that goes into this very large model and they will test everything from overshadowing to, you know, its scale to context. Western Australia, that's kind of growing, but 3D and 3D printing is definitely... I- well, I guess in Perth, we don't really have to worry too much about overshadowing with some <laughs> things, do we? <laughs> no, no. Well, keep, that, keep your eye out for uh, Elizabeth Key. There's going to be some pretty big things coming there in the next couple so of years. So are you working on any projects in Elizabeth Key? Uh, I did some work on Two Towers in Elizabeth Key as soon as I moved uh, back to Perth. Interesting. Uh, but it's all confidential. So. Uh, <laughs> can't give us any inside <laughs> scoop there. No, which no. Because like, yeah, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, has there been any project or projects that you've been, like, really proud and, you know, when you're at a dinner party or out socially with your mates, you're like, man, I'm working on this really cool project. Like, you got to hear it. Like, yeah. is there one that sticks out? Uh, there is. I mean, I'd love to talk about the one I'm working on currently, but it's just at that stage where I probably can't. But I feel like we need so to get you back. Yeah, here when I know. You can. We will. Give me back in about six months. Okay. Um, but there was the one I'm probably most proud of is the first one I completed when I was working in Melbourne. The satisfaction you get out of architecture can truly be for me it's only through completed work because when you're working tireless hours on let's say even if it's a house um, and you only see it in 2D you know lines on paper and you're just reviewing that for let's say six months it gets pretty boring you just want to see it built and people living in it and using the space and appreciating it so just before I left the house was pretty well completed clients had moved in and it's the first time I actually saw the house since they poured the slab on the ground. Wow. And it was, yeah, mesmerizing. <laughs> it was, yeah, you, you feel so great because you're making other people happy through what you love doing. I mean, think about how much, you know, your family memories and all that kind of stuff, it always generally comes from the family home and the, yep. the memories you're, you're helping create. I mean, I don't know, yeah, the, the feeling that you you would get, like, it's pretty Yeah, amazing. it's that's, unforgettable, yeah. That's sure. pretty pretty amazing. Got to ask this question because there's always some myths about architects. And so I Googled it. I was like, all right, what it's are some myths? It's going to be the pay question. No, it isn't the pay. <laughs> it isn't the pay. But it was, I, thought it was, I thought it was an interesting one. It goes, I heard a myth, architects only work on big pro- projects. Is that true? Uh, that is not true at yeah. all. No, no. We, some people call them the 50 cent projects or the five cent projects and you know it could just be a half a million dollar home but you know that is a home and people do live there and there i feel more important than some of the big projects because because they're so personal they are so personal and you know they're created from a brief that comes straight out of you know the requirements of a family how many kids they've got you know what's the name of their dog where's that dog going to live yeah interesting you touch on that because is there more time spent on a family home than it would be on a big skyscraper? Uh, it's a good question. Sometimes we have spent more time on a small resi project than a skyscraper. Yeah. I think because, as, as I said, because it is personal and so much feeds into it yeah. as a brief, then that does take time to kind of regurgitate into a 3D form yeah. uh, with a skyscraper because everything is a little bit more typical mm-hmm. uh, and then you can repeat it over an X amount of floors and create. Yeah, th- sometimes yeah. there's no real personality or soul no, I guess no. you could kind of say because of with what you want to create with the home so yeah. you know you've been talking about you know you're working on a project you know we can find out in six months time <laughs> so but what does the future look like for you because I mean you've had a pretty good interesting career since you've just st- started out I mean what does the future look like are you going to set up your own architect business yeah. so you're going to maybe move overseas and look to work on projects there like, I mean do you ever see these opportunities like you're in a degree you can 
mm. know, take you all over the world, can't it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely can, and there's no restriction to that at all. I mean, I yeah, making the trip to Melbourne earlier was great. The experience is fantastic, but for me, I think from here, keep tracking where I am. I do believe in a couple of years, maybe closer to the, you know the old three zero, um, <laughs> I might open up my own practice. But I'm currently yeah. <laughs> You're talking to someone who's you know 33, and I'm like, I've done nothing with my life. You know, like man, 30, you can all, all uh, this yeah, thing. yeah. Well, good things take time. Yeah. I won't do it as of yet. Yeah, I'm currently in the process of registering myself as a architect, so you can't um, open up a practice until you are registered. Here. Interesting. Yeah. So, so how, and so what's the process there? I mean, do you have to work X amount of years to be able to be registered? Yeah. And yep. you need to get signed off by like get a, a reference as well. Uh, the ref. ref is involved there's a statement involved you have to complete a certain amount of hours in full-time practice under under a certified architect wow. so i can't just be some any bloke on the street signing you off which would be great yeah but <laughs> uh um and then you sit three exams um oh more exams yeah it's geez. more exams so that'll be tough to get back into the <laughs> grind um but you've just got to do what you got to do so if you want to get anywhere you really have to get that done um yeah if, or at least to it from where i want to go um, it's, I'm going to have to undertake that task That's, this year. Love it, love yeah. it. Uh, also, our last question before before we let you on your way is, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, O-Week is, is just around the corner. Probably by the time people listen to this podcast, semester's already got up and running. Yep. If you had a chance to speak to a first-year architect student, what would be the best advice you could give them? Stick it out. Yeah. Definitely. Stick it out. Don't let the first two years scare you. Because, I mean, unfortunately, there has been a bit of a turnover in the you know the first initial years of architecture study. Yeah. Um, and know that you really want to do it before you do start. Um, and it's not anything to do with your mathematics, your science, your physics. Uh, if you know how to use the left side of your brain, then I'm confident you'll do well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's really, really good advice. And, uh, Zach, really appreciate you coming in today and no doing this podcast with us. And, for all those listening, uh, you got a chance to meet Zach at our upcoming Career Cafe on April 5th. Uh, you know, check, look out for your emails for details on that or follow on us on Facebook. But Zach, thanks again, mate. We'll talk to you soon. That was a pleasure. Thank you very Thank much. You. Cheers. Thank you for downloading today's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. At UWA, we help connect alumni with each other in our university through regular events on campus across Australia and the globe. To ensure you don't miss out on events near you, make sure your contact details are up to date and follow UW Alumni on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. 